This is a Strategist episode 1020. My name is Zane Velji. With me, as always, Corey Hogan. And, of course, Stephen Carter, the Elon Musk to the Dave Chappelle of our crew. I, of course... Uh, okay. Is, I don't know who I am in am this situation. I, yeah, am I ahead. Elon Musk and Corey's Dave Chappelle? Is that what you're trying to... I don't know. Who do you want to, who do you want to be in 2022? You get a choice between those two. <laughs> you, do you want... Do you want to be either of them? Because I feel like none of the above is not a choice you have, Carter. Who would you take, by the way? J.K. Rowling. <laughs> okay. No. Jesus. No, Carter. No. Got the yeah, most Carter, come on. Come on, Carter. She wasn't even on the list. That's terrible. She wasn't, she wasn't oh, on the yeah. list. I, I like, I like that you're unfacting this. You're trying to Did let us know I that you that? know something. Yeah, I knew something. Yeah. Congratulations. Corey, who would you choose? Who would you choose? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, Musk is still worth 180-some billion dollars. So I guess that's where I would go. Really? You would? Yes. Yeah. I was pushed. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, he didn't you, even you, buy a Tesla. The... I'm not even buying this shit. He's bought himself Corey, a Corey would go wagon. with Musk and try to eradicate the woke mind virus that we, we all have been Jesus. affected with. Yeah, that was uh, bad. Wonderful. Can we spend like 30 seconds on this guy? I know you guys did an entire episode, what, like three weeks yep. ago about him. <laughs> um, is it over? Is, is Twitter it over? It has to be. I okay. don't know. Hang on. Oh, you don't know. Let me ask I you, you I thought you were just, okay, why are you saying it has to be? Before no, we can move I on. Ask Corey if, can I ask Corey a question? Yeah, if Corey, whatever you know. When was the care. last time you used December, your Facebook account? Good point. My Facebook account? Oh, I yeah. don't know. A long like actually used it yeah. a very long time. Did you ever yeah. leave it? Did you ever cancel it? Did you did you no. walk away from your account? No, I could still log into it if I was so yeah. inclined. I'm just I'm just asking because we didn't end Facebook. We just gave it away to our parents. And I think that that's the same thing that's going to happen with Twitter. We're not going to leave twitter we're just going to give it away wait a minute what what side are you arguing because you're the one who said it's it was over. over it's over no one's going to be there anymore we're not going to go there to find things out anymore the way we used to go to to facebook to find things out like that was a wild so time this, in very classic strategist fashion that was going to be exactly my point people are just gonna you know it'll languish on it'll do its thing for sure yeah there you go it was well, going to be his point do you believe that no. at all? Zane? Like, I are mean, you not even made that point so many times. This Carter's tape, these records. We have a podcast. Yeah. We're on the record for these. Things. Have you noticed this, Carter? We've got a podcast. Yeah, we're recording. Oh. You see the thing that says recording? Now you're picking right on now? me too, Zane. Okay. I'm making see this, a note. See this red light at the top? It says recording? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Carter, we have to go after you. you I can't, could have, you can't I could just... have saved myself a lot of time and trouble if I'd recognized yeah. that the, the little red light meant that this was being recorded and distributed to hundreds of thousands of people. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Well, the distribution and the listenership are two very I mean, different things. We've had to explain I mean, this to you multiple times. <laughs> cumulatively. Well, Corey, how many people I remember have the time when cumulatively? Like how many hours oh, of, of, don't, don't of stop, human life? Let's not, life let's not, let's not give away. Yeah, Just, don't. Those, yeah, are, those are like ad you know, revenue yeah. numbers. Yeah, come on, Speaking of which, yeah. didn't yeah. we say we're going to have ads by the end of 2022? Yeah, what's uh, the, before we move on, what, 35 days of strategists. I was not there oh, yeah. for when you guys announced oh, it. What, what is this? Uh, are, so are you going to are you going to announce? Um, <laughs> it's a good point, Zane, because yeah, I think ahead, we've please. only talked about it on Patreon episodes. Yeah, here. go ahead. Which is, I think, defeats <laughs> yeah, the point, I suspect. Which is like trying to sell Patreon memberships. So there's some irony there, for sure. Yeah, yeah. well, oh, it's trying to yeah. keep the Patreon memberships. We call that keeping them... It's a retention strategy. It's a retention strategy. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to tell the people that are not on Patreon uh, about the 35 days of strategists? I mean, I think I lost interest in it a while ago. So, Carter, maybe you can tell them. Here's it is. Here's the way it is. Those of you who are listening for free should be paying. 
right? We are too lazy to go out and get advertisers, as evidenced by our flare. Well, outside, airlines. outside of one advertiser, yeah. outside of one advertiser, yeah. outside yeah. of that skit, which we made up a year ago and haven't walked away from, um, <laughs> we're just too lazy. <laughs> so here's what we need you to do: we need you to sign up. Uh, you can today, today only. The twenty dollar yep. level benefits are available for you at half price, ten dollars. Now, there are no additional benefits at $20. You can just give us $20 a, week, a month. That's up to you. You don't get anything extra. Or you can just pay us $10 a month. Or if you want to be super cheap about it, uh, like the Zane, Zane's Friends, what is it? Zane's Advisors um, is the level of sponsorship. You can It only costs 6 bucks, But then you don't get all the back, all the back catalog. And that's what's really got some value. Because as Corey and I were just talking about <laughs> Every time that little red light has gone on, there is a 90% chance I'm going to say something stupid, like J.K. Rowling. Imagine going back and mining that for information that you could use against me. Imagine that. <laughs> it's worth the $10 per month. Oh, you're just begging for so, another profile to be written about you. A thousand words, baby. Hey, Car- hey, Carter, do you think Dave Chappelle ever hawked product as aggressively as you just have right now? <laughs> so I ask you, do you ever feel like he was in a point in his life where he had to do what you just did right now? Which I, I will say was, uh, and, and I hate to use this word, embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I, I, don't have, <laughs> I don't have Dave Chappelle's talent. I mean, that's just evident. Oh, I've got a couple notes for you. Okay, here, uh, sure. Please, First, yeah. This is good. This I, I is what comedy have... is. It's an iterative process. Yeah. So, Corey's got some notes on your performance there. Yeah. Good. You seem to have at one point actually managed to actively encourage our $20 people to downgrade to $10 a month. So, not not sure about that. Um, didn't, okay. didn't really lean into the fact that if you do the $6 a month, you get a whole other episode a week. Right? Oh, We're yeah. more likely to do that, that one than the other one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. A, a, a couple notes on that front too. The other part of the 35 days of strategist yes. Christmas though. Oh, he's getting interested to, again, Carter. He's getting this. interested again. Yeah. I remember if you go this. to the strategist.ca, you can purchase strategist merchandise. It, it won't be available for Christmas, but that's okay. It's okay yeah, because it'll be other... available for another Christmas. What did we road. say? There was there's some great holidays in January. Yeah, January sixth. January sixth is great. If you, if you because, observe, if you well, observe, I think most of us do. Uh, <laughs> uh, Carter, uh, yeah, you wanted to jump in here with uh, with the final uh, Corey, persuasive, Corey can, compelling sales pitch. Go ahead. Yeah, finish. Corey this confided off, yeah. in me that every yeah. time we sell merchandise, it actually costs him money. So here's <laughs> what we need to do. I say we double down and sell as much as we can because he's fucked up on a couple of price points and he's just too embarrassed. See, I see. There you go. You might even he's... think that I'm the guy who cut him off there. No, no. His, no. his mic, his mic cut himself off because he was going to, well, he's going to bankrupt us, Corey. Uh, and, and, you know, he was going to bankrupt us. <laughs> With the merchandise, um, but yes, like Carter is right that uh, Corey Hogan uh, MBA does lose a couple of cents on each uh, piece of merchandise that we do sell, uh, which makes me very happy and, and makes Stephen very happy. And Corey, uh, it should make you very happy as someone who we have known historically as having an unlimited joke budget. Carter, I'm sure will join us, uh, and if he doesn't, well, it's going to be an excellent episode. This is now, uh, I don't know, I think, I think, I think it's clear, the Corey Carter's. Twelfth in a row. He's working off of Hunter Biden's laptop. We know that. Um, <laughs> let's move it on to our first segment. Our first segment, the strategy sprint. Corey, I'm going to go slow until our friend Stephen can catch up. But it is that time of year again. Okay. 
it is that time of year the holiday where you strategy and I, sprint absolutely well, we do the strategy sprint the holiday time strategy sprint uh of course for those that are unfamiliar with this segment unfamiliar with this particular uh treasured time honored segment Corey. uh They've got another thing coming. Here's what we do. We have you and Carter team up. This is not you guys competing against one another. This is about constructive building. It's about community. It's about that holiday spirit, uh, about giving a hand up to your political strategy comrade, uh, whether they're here in spirit like Stephen Carter uh, currently is, or whether they're here in person. What we do is I give you a particular uh, political situation that is happening in our country, that is happening in North America, but it is a political strategy situation where strategic choices either have been made or need to be made, where strategic choices need to be made to maximize an outcome. You guys will help me with understanding what the goals should be for that particular individual or political party or political entity that I'll outline for you. You'll then outline and build upon what the outline of a strategy should look like. You'll talk to me about a few tactics, and you'll give me their key message. There's four parts to this. What their goals should be, what their strategy should be, what their tactics should be, and what their message should be. And the way we'll do it is only really two rules. First rule is you'll have no more than 12 minutes on the clock to figure this out. I will start a timer and we'll have 12 minutes on the clock, which will ring. At the end of it, you'll summarize wherever you're at. I don't care even if we're just stuck on goals and if Carter's killing time. You'll have to summarize where you're at, and you'll have to give me everything else that you haven't completed in the moment. It will be an improv game. If at that 12-minute mark you haven't done strategy or tactics or message, you'll have to make it up on the fly. You're going to have to give me a fully baked four-pillar um, strategy for each of the things I'm going to mention. The second thing is. We'll alternate on who starts first. We'll have between you and Carter going first. And I am absolutely aware that Stephen Carter is not here by the time I've given all these rules. And you know what makes that great, Corey? What makes it great He's still is that I'm not going to tell him. I'm, I'm not going to tell him what's going on. <laughs> I'm absolutely not going to tell him what the fuck is happening. Well, he should remember it is a time-honored annual tradition. Well, he is so. old. Uh, he is very, very old. <laughs> Uh, and he will more than likely forget. Uh, but Corey, give us an update. What is happening to our friend Stephen Carter? Is he uh, is he is he around? Is he dead? Um, is this the last time that we will be seeing him? Uh, should we bust out the pre-written uh, uh, Stephen Carter eulogy sponsored by Flair Airlines? Is that is now time for the Stephen Carter eulogy that we should uh, start reading? I don't think it's quite yet. It's not quite yet, but his computer's apparently restarted twice after it automatically restarted on him. So uh, we got a lot. <laughs> he's, uh, he's an absolute legend. And I think what he's going to have to do is just learn from his mistakes. He's going to have to figure it out as we go. Well, I mean, he, he's, he's never done that on the show, Corey. I don't know why you'd think this would be a, a first. Uh, but what do you want to do? Should we, should we power through? Should we wait for the guy? I mean, this requires, I hate to say it, this pains me. This pains me deeply to the core uh, of my being, uh, this does require Carter. Uh, this this annual tradition does require Stephen Carter to participate. Hey guys, I'm back. I'm back on my telephone because my computer isn't working at all. Wow. Tomorrow, tomorrow I will go and buy a new computer. Oh, we were 30 sure. seconds away from eulogizing you, uh, <laughs> thinking that it was the the last time we'd ever seen you. Three 
Usually it does it once. This was three times in a row uh, trying to log on to Riverside and it just shuts down. So my apologies uh, mostly to the patrons, not to the people who are listening to the free uh, free version. Fuck you. Fuck you all. Okay, well, thank you, Carter. I appreciate it. Carter, I suspect that while you were gone, you caught all the instructions uh, for our strategy yeah. sprints. We do this every single year. Yeah. Uh, there I'm is ready to go. 12 minutes on the clock. There's four pillars. You will alternate between each of those four pillars to give me a fully baked strategy uh, for, for each of these scenarios. Corey, we're going to start with you first. The first one, Kristen Cinema. We're going to the United States. Before we come to Canada, she is a senator from Arizona. She is now leaving the Democratic Party. She's becoming an independent. Corey Hogan, I need you to outline going forward for her what her goals are, what her strategy is between you guys. Carter, you're building off Corey. You're not competing with them. You two are a team. Goals, strategy, tactic, message. Corey, you start with goals. I go to Carter for strategy, tactics, message, 12 minutes on the clock starting now, Corey. What are her goals now that she's an independent? Doesn't necessarily leave the Senate at lurch, but she's an independent um, and, and perhaps a vote that the Democrats were, were counting on in some key key bills and, and heading into 2024. Okay, there's a couple of ways we could take this because one of the obvious goals is just to be reelected in Arizona, right? It's to to pull enough of the vote from the, uh, you know, the Republicans seem to be the only option in a three-way race, see the Democrats fade. She's still caucusing with the Democrats, and this is a way she avoids a messy primary fight. She tries to become essentially a right-wing version of uh, Bernie Sanders, right? That's that's one thing. But I'm going to give a different goal. Uh, I'm going to give the goal that she is trying to create the national profile to run as a third-party candidate for president in 2024. <laughs> Wait, do you actually believe that, or are you just <laughs> fucking with Carter? Because he no. has to now write the strategy for that. I think in her mind, this is this is at least a door she wants to keep open. She thinks that the country has become too polarized between Democrats and Republicans. And uh, she's both sides herself into this absolutely absurd position where she thinks she's the reasonable Democrat who is trying to, to find common ground with Republicans. And uh, I think that in the hero narrative she's written for herself, maybe she doesn't think this is likely. I think this is what she wants. Carter, add, add a bit to that goal. You can't remove... You can add a bit, you can scaffold, you can contour a bit, but you can't take it off the board. Corey's put it out there. What are you adding to that goal, and how are you going to get started on the outline of the strategy for her? It's it's really all about her being able to outshine, outshine uh, Joe Manchin, who got a lot of the kind of third party, you know, the, the outsider Democrat who would come in and save the day uh, as the outsider. He got a lot more national attention. I think Corey's absolutely right. Whether she's crafting this to be uh, a legitimate third party candidate for the national presidency, or if she's crafting this simply to make sure that she's a powerhouse that doesn't have to face a uh, um, a democratic challenge in a primary, where she'll know she'd get primary, but she know, but I think she thinks she can actually win uh, an election in Arizona or uh, potentially be a, a, a major player. Um, in a third party bid. So if she's going to do that, she needs to set out um, three strategies in my mind. And the first strategy is to uh, build out a significant media presence. So the media element under um, under misunderstood, like it is, it, it, it is the key element. She needs it national. She probably needs new media media f- folks, people that aren't coming from the 
Democratic Party. She can pick up now as an independent senator. She can pick up media people from the uh, from the Republican Party that have, have had a much stronger base of getting attention. I'd be looking, if I was her, even at uh, some of the attention that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene has been able to get. Matt Gates bring in some of their media relations folks to help her get a national presence. Uh, the second thing that I would be doing is building out um, an operations element. Uh, if she's going to stay on as a senator in Arizona without the Democratic Party apparatus behind behind her, she needs to build out that that operating from uh, scaffolding in in uh, in Arizona. And then a third is a national. Um, she doesn't need a national organizer organization as yet, but she certainly does need a national framework uh, where she can raise money across the country and start doing barnstorming uh, where she lands in Iowa, or she ra- lands in New Hampshire, she lands in South Carolina, and she starts to uh, get people talking, get people talking about um, about her as uh, as a potential option, and and more importantly than even the talking, it's it's raising the money. Uh, but the the first step is probably the most important because uh, it it will drive the last two. Big media presence rip apart uh, Joe Manchin and uh, his ability to kind of dominate the uh, the inflation act or whatever it was the. <laughs> that turned out to be mostly a, a new energy uh, uh, act. But that, those would be the three things, the three big strategies I'd be putting together for her. Seven and a half minutes remaining on the clock. I should mention I have one uh, ultimate power, which is I can hit pause on the clock if I want to discuss something, if I want to <laughs> open up a bracket. And I do want to do that right now. I have hit pause at 7.30. I, yeah, I can do whatever <laughs> I need to do. Here's what I want to talk about, Carter. Let's talk about, let's assess the move she's made thus far. You're not talking. We've we are now taking today going forward, right? With all of the scenarios that I'm going to present to you guys, it's today going forward, forecasting into the future. Talk to me if self preservation, Corey, was mm-hmm. her goal, or let's just use your goal, or if running as a a reasonable um, candidate was her goal. Talk to me about her move. Assess the strategy of her move of moving to an independent, which she did this past week. Let's talk about that right now because I've hit pause on the clock. Get your assess both of your assessments on her becoming an independent first and foremost. Well, look, I I think she's reacting to the environment that she's in. The fact of the matter is, the a closed primary or a partisan primary really rewards people who are on the extremes of their party. And Arizona has a closed primary. It's going to be on the ballot, I believe, or at least there's people looking to put it on the ballot in 2024 to go to an open primary system where anybody can kind of put their hand up in the top two proceed or the top whatever proceed to a general election. We're not there yet. So in some ways, um, this is a great example of how systems dictate outcomes, because I think if she was in an open primary, this is not a move. If she was just looking to continue to be a senator that she would be particularly interested in, there just wouldn't be any upside. But by pulling her out, herself outside of that system, what she allows herself to do is, um, you know, uh, ultimately, if she is concluded she had a 0% chance of winning the Democratic primary, and maybe she did, maybe she didn't, I have no insight. But I mean, she was certainly, uh, you know, uh, a joke uh, in many circles in terms of her likelihood to survive, given her views and given that system. Well, then she may have concluded that this was in her best interest or this afforded the best opportunity. But um, if you want to think about relevance and kind of survivability and moving forward, there's a couple of things that are just simple axioms, adages about life. It's Mm. leave leave before you're told to leave, right? 
And I think that's the main one I play here, regardless of what she wants to do next. If she's assumed that she can't win a primary, let's say she wants to run for president. Let's say that's actually on the table. Well, that's not going to be helped by her losing a Democratic primary. That that would really muddy messaging for her. That would be difficult to be like, I can win. I can unite. No, you can't. You got 12% of the vote in a Democratic primary. What are you, you, you know, uniting with here? And um, and I think that's the that's the crass reality of it. She just didn't want to lose. And your options are always worse if you're a loser than if you're a winner. So take your ball and go home. Carter, okay, talk to me about this. We often say, not we, because we're smarter. Some say that independence sheds you of your partisan jersey. It is the noble beacon. If you become an independent, you can do whatever you want. Um, is it that? And 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 do you feel like Chris Zinema is chasing something here that is just short lived and 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 a bunch of like a, a dopamine hit, but then actually yields her in a in a significantly worse position? Kristen, I mean, first of all, in the United States, being a senator means making up your own minds, right? Um, you don't necessarily have to follow uh, the party whip. It's not the same where you're going to be tossed out of the, uh, the the party. You get to decide if you're a Democrat, not the Democrats deciding necessarily whether you're a part of their, their team. You can be thrown out, but it takes some time. Um, it's it's quite more work uh, than, than just a simple decision from caucus. Well, I guess not really, but... There's a long history in the in the Senate of uh, of people acting independently to represent their state's needs. Um, that's gone now. Um, the only two people practicing that were were Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema in the last election. Everybody else was voting along party lines. Even the you know the the the, the great minds that were anti-Trumpers like Mitt Romney and and uh, some of the other uh, senators they'd given up. They'd given up. They've fallen into line. And Kristen Sinema didn't do this because she was in some fashion threatened by the Democrats. She did this because with 51 senators being elected, her prancing about was no longer going to be required. Uh, Her vote wasn't going to be courted. Joe Manchin had proven that he was able to bring solutions to the table, and Kristen Sinema wasn't able to bring solutions to the table. So why do a deal with her when you can do a deal with Joe Manchin? And now that there's two of them, now that there's 51 seats, they only need that one. So if they can get that one person, then then they're fine. Uh, so Kristen Cinema put herself in a position where she had no choice left but to become an independent senator, uh, which is speaking of bold moves. Corey, the clock is back on, and we're on to tactics. I want to you to I, I want you to talk about tactics, but I also want you to cover off Stephen Carter's strategy. Let's go back to the goals. She wants to become a a national figure. She may want to run for president as an independent. Carter says media, ops, and a national framework. What are you adding to strategy? And what are some of her early tactics if this is indeed the goal and the strategic outline? Well, yeah, at the the start, it's just maintaining and building a profile. So for me, the tactics she needs to focus on are lists and money, right? Uh, And because that's a lot of where relevance comes from. The two are, you know, they support each other. They're not mutually exclusive. So building lists... I think you're talking to people and you're saying things like, I want to work with like-minded people from coast to coast who believe the party system is breaking America. I want to encourage your representatives to not be so slavish to the left or the right, but to put America before party. And uh, then you get them to be brilliant the list and you talk about ways that you're going to encourage that kind of activity going on. And so after all of your speeches about putting America before party, 
you also mentioned the creation of a new pack, a new super pack, America Before Party Pack, right? ABP pack. And, and it's going to go out and it's going to spend money to encourage people who elect independent minded senators and representatives who are going to, uh, you know, stand up to their parties and do what's right for, you know, for their community and, and to signal to the moderate Republicans you might be thinking about along the way. Well, you know what? One of the first people that you float as somebody who would have been a great person to give money to and an example of why you need something like that. Like, let's talk about Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney should have had support. Look at what she did there. So you do the classic Stephen Carter where you wrap your arms around the people that you want to support you. And, and you try to show your reasonableness by saying Liz Cheney should have had some support. The McMullen in uh, Utah, the independent who ran there, mm-hmm. he should have had some support. These are people who are putting America for, before party and the party system is is really getting in our way. So so that gets you your money. You're building your list by encouraging everybody to come along here. And then in terms of your media strategy, it's all about almost stuns. It's this outlandishness. And you have a couple of hooks ready for you. For example, you have said that you're going to caucus with the Democrats, or at least that was what I read on the weekend. I'm not sure mm-hmm, if that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the case. And, and so that in a funny way, I think that that she announced it after the Democrats got 51. She's still being a bit of a team player with the Democrats, because if she had said this, if the Democrats had lost or, you know, maybe she would have, maybe she wouldn't have, but it would have created a whole different narrative than the, well, we don't really need that anyways. We've got enough seats here. Even though the Democrats wouldn't have lost control of the party under this framework, this was her kind of trying to find a path forward for herself. And I suspect an at least conversation with her senator colleagues in the Democratic Party. But if you wanted to make more of a show, the next time they do something that is unpopular with the public as a whole, there's your media hook. No longer caucusing with the Democrats. You need a true independent Mm. caucus here. This is no longer working, right? At a certain point, you've just got to stand up and you've got to say enough is enough. I'm the only person willing to call bullshit in this chamber. That's the benefit of being an independent. We need to put America before party. Text 55455, America before party, donate $20 now. You know, crap like that. So here's some of your tactics. Carter, four minutes on the clock. Build on the tactics that Corey has talked about and start getting into message. He's already starting to get into some of that message, but add a bit more and build to the tactics. Four minutes left. Corey uh, has pointed out the, the caucusing with the Democrats. Keep in mind, you don't have to have a single caucus. You can have multiple Great different point. caucuses. There, there's, especially in the House of Representatives, there are hundreds of caucuses. So why not create the uh, uh, country before party? He's already relabeled it. Country before party. Actually, um, you know, Carter? Uh, Corey, I like country branding. before party. And, no, you uh, guys bring... are both wrong. Why? No. Why is America before party better? I'm hitting a pause again. Go. Tell me because, why America yeah, before party is better than country before party. America is stronger for starters, and you've also got to think about some of the misogynistic attacks that might be thrown at cinema here. And I, I'm I, you're you're dragging me down into words I don't even want to say here. But mm-hmm. I think that's the real risk if you if you go down that road. So it's got to be America before party. No, I, I don't. I absolutely do not. I'm still trying to catch well, up. Carter, the clock words? is back on. If Finish you're... on tactics. Start going on messages. Three and a half minutes. I would have the I would create the America before party uh, caucus and bring in um, Susan Collins, Mitt Romney. Uh, a couple of others. Again, they can continue to caucus with the with the Republicans, but this is where the conversations start. This is where the conversations start to reduce the amount of partisanship in the Senate. Uh, these are the people that will actually make deals to make decisions and make things happen. Who knows? Maybe my friend Joe Manchin will join us. 
Um, and so you create this this caucus of five or six people, uh, a couple of Republicans, a couple of independents. Because keep in mind, there are still two independents to caucus with the, with the Democrats already. Bernie Sanders is one of them. Um, so you can see that there are opportunities to bring these people together and say, we're going to uh, we're going to try and find ways to make these deals happen. We message, are the deal message. makers. Yeah. And then in terms of the media, Corey mentioned the, the caucus piece. Yes, we are. Well, you are on message. You are on the messages. clock with two minutes left <laughs> and you have message. But <laughs> if we're doing if we're doing messages. If we're, if we're doing messages. We're, we're the we're the deal makers. Three, um, it's it's about Americans. Like it, Corey, Americans a minute forty five. You want Americans. to add anything to this? And we're going to summarize right at the twelve minute mark. It's got to go back to the times of old. It's time to go pressure, to the Corey. Cinema. You're going to be okay, uh, bud. Uh, <laughs> so summarize. Oh. That's my job now. Nice. No, yeah. Adding oh. anything else to message that you may want to add? You've 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 kind of scripted some lines. Yeah. Carter's kind of talked about a few few statements here. Anything you want to add to this before we kind of summarize her entire sort of encapsulating strategy? Well, the only thing I would add is that in some ways your failures become proof points if you take something like this because you, they they rejected it. It's because they're so partisan, they're so broken, they can't even see a good idea if it's not coming from one of their own. They, you know, they're fighting mm. over the most absurd stuff. Uh, America deserves better than that. It's time to put America before party. Nicely done. With one minute on the clock, I'm going to cancel that timer there. Okay, here's what I understand. The goal is Kristen Cinema as a presidential, independent presidential candidate. That is what she's trying to do going forward. The strategy, as outlined by Carter, uh, media, first and foremost, an operation, a national framework for conversation. Corey, on tactics, you added the ABP PAC, the America Before Party pack. You talked about hugging those that you want to ultimately get their endorsement from. You talked about some key messages. Do you want to outline some of those uh, that you had? And, and then, Carter, I'll get you the final word to outline some of your key messages and tactics as well. Well, the only other thing I would, you know, Carter can summarize the message. He did that pretty well. But you want to be building your lists as well. Uh, you're looking for like-minded people from coast mm. to coast who want to put pressure on their representatives not to be so beholden to the party. That's an important part of it. It's not just the pack; It's also more broadly building the lists. You've got to find an excuse to get people onto your mailing list other than I'm going to run for president. It's got to be more like, let's all be a team together to try to stop this toxic partisanship. Carter, and your, and your messages that you had, the three of them, summarize them for us. I'd like to break down. It's about Americans first, not America first. I think that people have always wanted someone to actually fight for them. And I think that Kristen Sinema can be that person. She has been seen to this point to be kind of a, uh, I don't know. I don't really know how to characterize her because she's, she comes across so negatively. Like if she starts to actually fight for the underdog instead of seemingly fighting for herself, it could be really powerful for her. Unfortunately, it looks like most of her money comes from uh, special interests. So maybe a Carter, bit. We're moving from America it, to if Alberta. She can, it could be very powerful. Let's talk, let's talk about the Sovereignty Act. I'm going to put 12 minutes on the clock in a second here, oh, but let me it. scaffold this a bit. Sovereignty Act has passed pending royal assent. It is done. Stephen minutes. Carter, you are acting for Danielle Smith. We're going to talk about goals. You're going to give me what her goals should be now. I'm then going to go to Corey, who's going to build upon your goals. He's not going to change them. He can build a bit. 
and he's going to give us a strategy. Carter, I'm going to come back to you on tactics, and Corey's going to round us out with message. But Carter, you get the ball rolling. You get to directionally choose. Now that the Alberta Sovereignty Act has passed with those amendments that we talked about in the previous episodes, kind of stripping out some of those um, uh, superpowers for, for cabinet, Stephen Carter, the clock starts right now. What are the goals for Danielle Smith with the Sovereignty Act passing? One goal, one simple goal, and that is to make this act matter and be relevant to voters, right? Forget about all of the, the, the things that you're actually trying to achieve with it, and instead just make it about voters. Uh, it's not about holding anybody to account. It is about making Corey's life better. It's about making Zane's life better. And here's how we're going to do it. This is the, the conversation that always happened around equalization. The reason we were fighting Ottawa for equalization was for you. The reason Peter Lougheed fought Ottawa over resource revenue was for you. This is what needs to be put forward is that this act, this sovereignty act, should have been called the Albertans Act. It's about you as individual voters, and this is how we're going to protect Corey, your indivi- individual Corey, add a bit to those goals. Reaffirm those goals. You, you can't necessarily delete them because whoever goes first gets to necessarily put the direction in play. But add to Carter's goals if you'd like and then start talking a bit about strategy in your mind. Well, uh, the other obvious goal is to create a bit of a wedge with the opposition, right? So it's to make it relevant, but to make it positively relevant and wrong foot an opposition who has been very opposed to this bill. So y- you want to make it relevant in a way that the NDP would have difficulty following because there's an election coming in the spring. And so you got to take that into account. That's got to be part of the equation here. Start talking about strategy, Corey. If that, if your two goals that Carter's outlined, making it relevant and creating a wedge, start talking to me a bit about the strategic outline. What would you start thinking about from a, a broader strategy perspective? Look, you don't need to get too fancy on this. The most obvious places where you could make it uncomfortable for the NDP are in in the environment space, right? The the federal carbon backstop that's applied to provinces that don't have their own carbon pricing regime is based on what the Alberta NDP created here. So I think I would make my fights on that. I think it would be about the carbon tax. Um, yes, we have lost in in court, but since when have simple things like rule of law mattered uh, if you're willing to pass an Alberta Sovereignty Act to begin with, right? So you go out and you say, well, we, um, you know, we're very upset with this cap on on carbon or, or uh, you know, emissions coming from the oil sands. We believe that it infringes on our territory here as a province. And uh, we're saying that we are no longer going to negotiate with the, the province on this. So we're pulling out of any kind of environmental equivalency starting today. We are standing up to Ottawa. We're not going to make it possible for them to do the things they want to do very easily because they're not willing to let us do the things that we want to do. So I, I think the strategy is is that. It's to pick something um, like the carbon tax and go hard on it. I certainly wouldn't do something like plastic straws, shall I say. And um, and then I would... Uh, I would uh, also probably go out of my way to 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 bring equalization into the fight as well. So we talked about this a couple of episodes ago, but yep. the idea would be to suggest that unless something happens on equalization, we believe equalization has been constructed. And I mean, that one's tougher because equalization is in the bloody constitution. So it's pretty tough to say it's an unconstitutional action, but maybe you can argue it's being applied in an unconstitutional way. I don't know how, but again, it's not like common sense or rule of law was a fundamental requirement of any of the actions to date. And um, 
you basically try to get the NDP to stand up and say, wait, hold on. That's that's not what this was even supposed to be about or defending the environmental actions of Ottawa. I'm going to hit pause on there because, Carter, plastic straws need some explanation, doesn't it? Plastic straws need some need some explanation. Give folks an explanation on what Corey meant by plastic straws. And then I want to get your assessment on whether that was actually a super micro relevant example or was that really, really dumb for the premier to mention. But Carter, give folks some context and then we'll jump into it. Well, um, our good friend Carrie Tate, was, uh, who has nothing to do with her life except listen to Danielle Smith's radio show on QR770, not the not her old radio show, but the premier show that uh, Jason Kenney uh, uh, started, and, and Danielle Smith obviously is continuing. And in that radio show, she said that uh, a, a clear and obvious use of the Sovereignty Act would be to uh, push back on the Simply government of Canada's straws, yeah. ban on um, plastic straws, which which hasn't even come into effect yet, I might add, but doesn't really matter. Single-use plastic straws right now has been mostly changed by the market, not by not by the government. The the actual end date for single-use plastics, including plastic forks and things like that, is December thirty first. You can no longer produce it, but you can still buy them until they're all out of inventory. At any rate. Um, Carrie found, or Carrie listened to the to the premier explain that the sovereignty act would be able to push back on on overregulation like plastic straws and the elimination of plastic straws. And so far, that is in fact. Corey, was it a good example? The only example that she's been like, able to come up with. Is there any part of you that thinks you know people have used <laughs> plastic straws, have used paper straws? Or was this was this bad? Conventional wisdom is the latter. I want to just from your strategy brain, give me a sense. Was this a good example or not? Uh, okay, so it kind of fails any kind of test of like actual law and consideration. Like why yes. why would the Sovereignty Act allow this? Why would this be ultra virus of the federal powers? I don't I don't quite understand that. You think this is an infringement on the province, and um, especially if you're really keyed into perhaps how destabilizing the Alberta Sovereignty Act might be to Canada's constitutional order more generally, you might say, holy shit, you're willing to risk this entire country over plastic straws? Right, which holy has been shit. some of the commentary yeah, the past well, weekend. For yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah. you know, it, it certainly raised my eyebrows uh, along those lines too. But a lot of that is pretty inside ball stuff. A lot of that is stuff that people don't actually care about. And when you, and in some ways, if I'm being charitable, it's an interesting reframing of the Alberta Sovereignty Act is in some ways an attack on Ottawa overregulation rather than Ottawa acting unconstitutionally, which is not the point. It doesn't actually seem like that would be constitutional and all of that. But I bet you there were a lot of people who were like, yeah, I, I hate paper straws. Oh, yeah, we should do something about that. Hey, yeah, a provincial law that can stop the feds from doing goofy stuff like that why not let's just just do it right I, I actually feel that there is going to be a bunch of people who think oh if the sovereignty act can do that that sounds okay right not necessarily buying into or having a lot of deep conversations about the constitutional questions at play with the sovereignty act so i wouldn't go so far as to say it was you know like a really clever idea or even intentional but i don't know it's going to find an audience like so much of this stuff which is which is part of I think what's got us all sort of spinning here, it's it's hard to determine what 
what is disqualifying at this point because it seems like very little is. Carter, give me your, your take on, on, the, on the particular example that the Premier brought up about plastic and paper straws in our radio program. Is there any good strategy behind it? Corey is, has, has seemingly found a, a, a tiny lane that, that could say, you know what, I could see this lane potentially being effective. It's, it's narrow. Carter, in your mind, effective or not? No, not effective, because you, 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 you've, turned, you've made sure it's another opportunity for her to speak to her base, but she doesn't need to speak to her base. She needs to speak to the undecided. She needs to speak to the 8% of uh, UCP voters from the last election that don't want to vote UCP and don't want to vote NDP. So those are the people she should be spoke, speaking to. And if you want to do over-regulation, which is absolutely right, the way I would do over-regulation is to point to the government of Canada Instead of simply giving money to the provinces to fund healthcare the way we see fit, instead they are giving us money with so many strings attached that we can't actually fund the healthcare that we need in this province. Instead, they are making us count syringes and making sure that we are given the right number of immunizations and making sure that we have given out the right type of mental health coverages instead of providing the, the, the healthcare services that Albertans want and need. That's our real problem is over regulated healthcare, and that's a message that i or that's a uh a, you know to Corey's piece on uh the you know carbon tax equalization emergencies act i would add and over regulation in everything like the healthcare the healthcare uh areas environmental areas uh education anywhere that the government puts a string on a dollar that's being spent by alberta is an over regulation and overreach i'm putting it back on the we clock to we took that back. detour i, I well, I'm going to cut 35 seconds. I'll keep on going on tactics then, Carter. Seconds. You initially <laughs> stated this is about making it relevant. Corey added to the mix and said that this is also about wedging the opposition. He outlined a strategy for her. Start talking to us about tactics. And 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 also for me, address the, um, the issue that she has, whether to say I'm going to use the Sovereignty Act sparingly, as she has, or whether to say, I'm going to get my ministers to look at six or eight things we can use the Sovereignty Act on right away, which she has. So, Carter, tactically, talk to me about how do, how tactically we fulfill the goals that you've laid out in line with Corey's strategy here. She needs to be small and she needs to be specific. And the way that I would be small and specific, I said that, we, that Ottawa has us counting the syringes that we put, you know, that we use for immunizations. I would find something like that, where Ottawa has funded a very specific. So Ottawa tends to fund things like tracking projects that are tracking how things are actually going in the provinces. Find one of those tracking uh, projects that is preventing you from spending money on breast cancer, and instead forcing you to spend money on how you provide the breast cancer services. Right? That would be spectacular. This is how we use the Sovereignty Act. We stand up and say it is not about stop, you know, it is not about tracking how many doctors are providing breast cancer services. It's about tracking how many women are getting breast cancers. So their breast cancer treated. And right now all the government of, of Canada is doing is slowing us down. So that she wasn't wrong to pick the smallness of the straws. She was wrong to pick the straws. Picking something small, understandable, is the key. We've talked about it with the No Meat Committee. We, you know, we've talked about it with the, all kinds of different, you know, like the, the $16 glass of orange juice. If people can see it and say, that's fucking stupid, 
that's what you pick on. And if you can find a nurse whose job it is to simply track the number of procedures that are being done instead of providing services to the city or to the citizens, now you're cooking with fire. And then you run that ad, a first-person ad of this nurse saying, I don't know why Justin Trudeau has me tracking syringes when I want to be helping Albert. Add to the tactics. You can't take away. You can add. You can't take away. But you can also reflect on what Carter said. Add to the tactics, and then we'll get into messaging, which Carter, of course, has already blended in, kind of like you did last round. Yeah, and, you know, let me throw a couple on that I will, again, it feels like a bit of a theme in this particular section, say there's no constitutional bias for, because, of course, labeling laws is very much clearly federally in scope. But we've got the situation where uh, children's Tylenol is, is being brought in, but Health Canada has said, well, we've got some requirements we've got to have filled out. One of them is that the the packaging is bilingual, right? That there are instructions in English and French. That's when you pick on to. That's yeah. when you say, we're just trying to get medicine to people during a crisis. And our federal government is more concerned with whether we've got French on the package. So this is this oh. is another example where you jump in there. Corey, any 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 messaging threads that we should pick up on from, from your perspective? They can be built into the tactics. They can be overarching messages. Uh, I suspect there's going to be an element of simplicity that she wants to hit on now, or maybe not. Maybe she wants to pick 15 different angles, but give me like an overarching sort of um, philosophy on on what message should look like, and then maybe what some of those messages might broadly be. The reality is Ottawa has expanded uh, what they've considered their scope for decades now. Um, and it's it's time that the province is not just Alberta. Obviously, this is going on in Saskatchewan. This is being contemplated in Yukon. Other provinces I know are also equally seized with it. Uh, we've said enough. Enough is enough here. And uh, when it comes to our constitution, good fences make good neighbors. We've got areas that we're responsible for. Ottawa has areas they are responsible for. All we're asking for them to do is respect our jurisdiction. That's all the Alberta Sovereignty Act has ever been about. And frankly, Albertans know best what ma- what works for Albertans. Uh, that's why the Constitution has given us this sovereign authority as a province. That's why we have responsibility for local concerns, because local governments know best how to address local concerns. It's time for Ottawa to butt out. Carter, anything to add on, on messages as we round out here? We didn't. No one ever says... Um, thank God you're here. You know, hi, I'm from Ottawa. And the response is, oh, thank God. You know, I'm, you know, this, this, I'm going to clean that up. No one ever says, uh, I'm, I'm here from Ottawa to help. And people go, oh, thank God you're here. People want people from Alberta making the decisions close to the ground. And, and what has happened, especially under Justin Trudeau, is he has expanded his responsibilities and minimized ours. That has to stop. We're putting Albertans first, and by putting Albertans first, uh, it means protecting you from this overreach on air, especially in areas like healthcare, uh, environmental law, and um, I don't know. I can't come up with a third off the top of my head: healthcare, environmental law, and equalization. But keeping it small and simple, may, you know, she's here to protect Nicely us done, from guys. his overreach. That was Danielle Smith. That was the Sovereignty Act strategy. Now that it's passed, I'll give you guys a bit Ooh. of a breather. I'll give you. I'll give you a few seconds. You don't. Why didn't you like it? Tell, well, reflect didn't why like you didn't like one. it. Because I made I you like made you do one. uncomfortable Be- things. Because because I think it would actually. I think it would actually work, and that. Well, I'm gonna. Me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give this a, 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 a fair shake on 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 partisanship, so to speak. I'm gonna. I'm gonna expand the scope nationally. 
okay, for our next one. And I'm going to take us to Ottawa, where Jagmeet Singh today asked uh, for the House of Commons to have an emergency debate on health care as hospitals continue with a wave of sick children. He's also, Stephen Carter, threatened to pull out of the agreement with the Liberals over health care. In this round, Corey gets to set the goals for Mr. Jagmeet Singh and the federal NDP. Corey, we're going to go goals. We're then going to go, of course, as we do to strategy with Stephen. You'll come back for tactics, and then we'll round out with message. Jagmeet Singh asking for this emergency debate. He's also saying, listen, I've got the ability to, at any time, I reserve this right to withdraw my support. I'll get it at some point. I'll pause the clock. I'll ask your assessment to analyze whether you like this strategy or not. But that's not the point of the game. We're going forward. So, Corey Hogan, what is Jagmeet Singh doing going forward as the clock starts right now? I don't don't know. But, like, I guess (laughs) if I was going to... It's so interesting, especially jumping off that last one where we were talking about provincial jurisdiction and what a different world the federal NDP live in than the provincial UCP, right? Um, The idea that the federal government is having a debate on healthcare at all, you could argue, is perhaps outside of of things that should be on the table. Um, But okay, if if I'm saying my... My goal is simple. It's to it's to continue to yank the liberals chain. It's to continue to be able to suggest that I am able to get things out of the liberals and and not that I've given them a blank check with this confidence motion. So um, I, I would imagine there are two things there, in the emergency debate, A, that there is an mm-hmm. emergency debate, but then B, uh, something concrete coming out of it. The most obvious one would be uh, the prime minister agreeing to meet with the uh, the minister or the first ministers, so the premiers to talk about healthcare in January, which was a request that they made last week, I believe. I mean, it's a perennial mm-hmm. request. It's, I mean, it was ever thus. The province is saying, give us money for healthcare, no strings attached, please, right? Uh, and this goes back because the federal government has much greater powers of taxation than the provinces do, just as a bit of background here. But uh, yeah, I think, I think I would be looking for that. I would be looking to be able to say he didn't want to do it, you know, because... Trudeau is on the record being like, oh, I talk to them all the time, you know, not not really keen on it. But because I held his feet to the fire, he's doing it. And because of that, there will be improvements in healthcare in Canada. That's maybe the brass ring. There are probably other things you can do there. But I guess ultimately, if I'm going to broaden it, it's that there is a clear cause and effect. Cause being you, effect being something the liberals do differently on healthcare so that you can take a victory lap. Carter. Corey said, you know, listen, there's there's a couple of goals here, I guess. One is to actually manifest that emergency debate, to have that meeting in January. Carter, what would you add to these goals? He, today, he's, he's, he's I shouldn't say he's dominating headlines, but we've seen Chuck Meet Singh in the headlines again. So that must be a win of some sort, maybe. He's asking to, for this emergency debate. He's he's kind of waving the, the only sort of um, leverage he has, which is his ability to withdraw from this deal. What would you add to Corey's goals before you jump into strategy and how he should frame these goals out for Jagmeet Singh? Corey's got the political goal uh, of of ensuring that you can uh, articulate to the broader public that you're not just giving the liberals a free ride. And then, of course, the two more specific goals of having the emergency debate and this meeting uh, happen uh, with with the health ministers across the country. Carter adds the goals. Get, get us started on strategy. Oh, man, I, I don't know, because this is so far outside. No, I mean, it's it's ironic that I'm able to come up with goals and strategies for Danielle Smith better and, and her stupid Sovereignty Act better than I can for Jagmeet Singh. Because, uh, 
his his well, tactics well, let, with let, working let with, the, with the liberals. Let me hit pause. Why are you struggling with this? I'm very curious why you're struggling with this. Because it's the second it's the second time in two months that he said, "I reserve the right to uh, not not agree with this this thing that I've done." Well, um, I reserve you, that are, right. Okay. Are you? Tr- are, uh, are, do you feel like he's at that point? Wolf. And Corey, I'll bring you in on this as well. Like, do you feel like? This particular move, I did say I, at some point I will retroactively get you to assess his his call here, right? His his once again um, statement of b- b- being able to withdraw his support. Do you feel like that was an overreach, Carter? And then same question to you, Corey. He's not going to pull his support. He doesn't. He's not ready to go to an election. He doesn't want to get annihilated, uh, and he certainly doesn't want Pierre Polyev becoming the next prime minister. So th- this is a fake threat. Um, designed to get suspect uh, outcomes. I mean, let's take Corey's outcomes on their face. I, I agree with Corey. I think that that is absolutely the best he can hope for. Wow, you you got an extra deb- day of debate on healthcare, and uh, you may force <laughs> a meeting that you don't get to attend. But, Boy, you know, did you ever put your finger on brilliant. it? Like that? That's part of what's crazy about this, right? Like, what is the upside here? <laughs> you know, I the thing I'd say is. This tells us a bit about the anxieties of Jagmeet Singh as much as anything else, that he would feel Mm. the need to do this. And in my opinion, a lot of it is tied to the fact that there's a by-election today. It's it's, uh, 1130 or mountain, not mountain, 1130 Eastern Eastern time right now. We don't have the results. Uh, the liberal candidate, Souza, has basically declared they think that they won based on the votes in. The liberal candidate right now has 55% of the vote. Mm-hmm. It's I don't know how it's going to land. I don't know enough about the polls coming in there. It's possible the liberals will have trounced the conservatives there. But reg- I mean, we should talk about that in a minute, maybe. But the important yeah. thing here is the NDP were nowhere. Uh, this was a race between the liberals and the conservatives. And it felt a little bit me too that Singh was trying to get into the conversation today. Uh, with this particular swing. I don't I don't know yeah. if this was anything more than that at the end of the day, uh, because Carter's absolutely nailed it. Like like at the his best case scenario is Trudeau selects this and then he gets to be the person who's who's going forward to the, the first minister's conference. Carter, I've put the clock back on because I do want you to, despite the fact you're having reservations and you're having struggles with perhaps an overreach or the fact he's played this hand one too many times or to Corey's point, it shows and illustrates Jagmeet Singh's anxieties more so than it does a a solid political strategy. All of that, notwithstanding, Carter, you have to help him out here. So, Corey, set some of the goals. What are you adding to the goals and what is his strategy now? You have to help him out here. He's in a bind. He's made the move. You got to push him forward, Carter. What are you? What are you adding to the strategic side of things for Jagmeet Singh here? Own healthcare, right? Like if we're going to do this, the goal. I mean, I'm I'm okay. adding a goal of owning healthcare rather than just than than just trying to. So the dental plan that was just passed the. Um, any new healthcare funding that comes forward, the NDP are going to own it. So therefore, we need to create some strategies around communications on healthcare, where in where it gets tricky because in BC you've got an NDP government that's not performing particularly well on healthcare. In Alberta, you've got an Alberta NDP that's in opposition that didn't do much with healthcare when they had the opportunity. I. 
fuck, I just talked myself right into a fucking hole on, on what they should be doing, Zane. Like, the strategy should be to own healthcare, period. That's what he should be trying to figure out. Um, and he should right. be using tactics that are smart. <laughs> Do you want to add on this? You know, you. Th- this could be one of those things where you guys ultimately conclude that it's a game set match, right? This was a one day thing. Like there's really nothing more to this that like the strategy should be just to, to kill this and move on. No, no, um, I, I, I actually, but, but, is, but I'm letting, this is I, I, I hear you Carter, but I'm going to like, I, I'm just putting that out there. Not saying I'm, I'm not put, pushing you in that direction, but Corey, you want to build on any strategy. And then as we start getting into, into tactics for him a bit, actually, I, I like, I quite like that. The idea that you're trying to own healthcare, you're trying to be the champion of national healthcare and a national interest in healthcare. You, it builds pretty organically on your pharmacare commitments, your dental care commitments, the things you've managed to pull out of the liberals to date that people remember. And mm. now you talk about healthcare more aggressively. And are and- you owning the public aspect of it, Corey? Are you owning the, the because the, the, perhaps one of the, the slow burn conversations that's happening with the current crisis is more private sort of institutions being like, look, here's a proof point of healthcare in crisis. We need more private. Are you owning healthcare as a, the broadest of tents? Or are you owning your sort no, of public healthcare sure. angle? Public and yeah. universal and with a universal standard set by the federal government, right? Like if if we're in, we're in and we're going to do this right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And part of the reason why healthcare is under threat in provinces across uh, Canada is because the liberal government is not either having a firm enough hand and is not funding enough money. And I think both of those can be resolved if we had a prime minister who gave a damn. That's got to be your line if you're saying, mm. and you just start hammering it, hammering it, hammering it. And frankly, you if you're the prime minister, you've got to worry about, well, how is Quebec going to react? How is Alberta going to react? None of the provinces like to be told what to do with healthcare money. Some of them will just absolutely light their hair on fire. But if you're saying maybe you don't care about that, maybe that's irrelevant mm. to you. And maybe that's an opportunity for you to say, well, maybe he's not willing to defend universal health care, but I am. I absolutely yeah. am. And perhaps the liberals, by being, quote unquote, diplomatic, have vacated that space and made it available to the NDP. So so maybe that's your strategy. Maybe your strategy is to continually talk about public health care with Ottawa-driven standards and watch the prime minister squirm. Like Maybe that's your wedge going forward and the way you make things difficult for the prime minister. Because most Canadians, I think, would actually be okay with that the prime minister realizes the complications of that. Uh, Carter, Corey, especially yeah. NDP Carter, Corey, uh, Corey yeah. uh, helped you out a hole there. So I'm going to give you tactics because uh, he did your job on strategy. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm going to give you tactics. If, if do you, first of all, what do you think? Well, I'm, I'm, first of all, first, first of all, he I built mean, there off was of me. own healthcare. You had two words. I mean, and he said I he mean, quite liked was, it. And then he, it was yeah, like, I a, mean, it was, it was, like I came to a burned down lot and I built a new house where one was, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, maybe some, a building should go here. That's, that's pretty much what you, your, your whole contribution was, you know, where the building was, was burned down. Uh, maybe we should put another Dairy Queen here, right? That was your contribution. Deep cut. You're welcome. That metaphor speaks uh, to me. Yeah. Yeah. It speaks to, speaks to a few of us. Carter, some tactics. If the, if the goal is to own it, federal standards, if the goal is to goal is to fully own, talk to me about a few early tactics that he could now leverage off of. He's, he's already done what he's done, which is he said that, listen, I could withdraw my support. Now owning this tactically, we've got three and a half minutes. I want tactics. Uh, and then, Corey, I want to get you, get you started on message very quickly to round this out. Got to withdraw his support of the agreement in January, and he's got to negotiate a new agreement. 
he's got to say that we have achieved quite a bit, but we have not been focused enough. And this was the fault of the of the last agreement. We need to focus on a new agreement that is singularly mm. focused on healthcare. Uh, the economy has has re- rebounded in no small part thanks to organized labor. Um, we we require now healthcare, uh, which is the second premise of the NDP. Why we exist? It is who we are in our core. Uh, frankly, we don't even have public health care if it's not for for Canada's NDP. The national understanding of what healthcare looks like is now on the docket. Uh, we were we're going to have a conversation about this. We're going to have it right now because this is um, this. If this isn't everybody's election issue uh, in the in the future, it is every Canadian's election issue. I don't know making some shit up. But I think that, that he pulls his support in January and says, um, we got to renegotiate because uh, we need to get more specifics Corey, on what healthcare looks like. Would you like. go that far? And, and what would you add to it? We've got two and a half minutes. Build to me on Carter's tactics and, and add a bit of your messaging as well. There is an interesting avenue, maybe if you were to go down Carter's, where you almost call a press conference and you <laughs> apologize to Canadians and you say, you know, when I talked about supporting healthcare... I thought that myself and the prime minister were on the same page. And I'm sorry to Canadians because it's clear to me that we are not. It's clear to me that he sees healthcare as an annoyance, whereas I see it as a right, uh, an obligation of government to fulfill part of our birthright as Canadians to have universal healthcare. So I am today announcing the end of our, uh, you know, supply agreement, which is not to say I'm going to bring the government down tomorrow, but it's to say that the government uh, if it wants a single other vote from us, is going to have to write this right now, right now. And I won't accept anything less than that. And so I'm no longer asking, I'm telling, the Prime Minister will meet with the Premiers in the next two weeks, or else we will bring his government down. I'm happy to take questions at this point. Carter, build on it. We've got a minute and a half. Boom. Build on additional messaging. I liked where he was going with the... Um... Uh, the healthcare kind of definitely, you know, we, he and I were on a different page of what healthcare means. He still seems to be under the impression that healthcare means additional private, you know, additional privatization, additional uh, opportunities uh, for provinces like Quebec, Ontario, and Alberta to tear down healthcare. Um, I don't mean that by healthcare. What I mean by healthcare is strengthening the public, uh, the public system. This is something that I am prepared to take Corey, the government 40 down. seconds. Think about this. If you say meet with the premiers or I bring your government down and he refuses to meet with the premier. First of all, yeah. how insane would that be? That's the lowest price. You're not even asking them to commit to anything. But if he does it, he's weak and he's done yeah. exactly what Singh told him to do that he wouldn't do. If he doesn't do it, he has to spend an entire election explaining why he wouldn't even meet with the premiers to talk about health care. When important would you do issue. that? Would you do that before Christmas? If you're Jagmeet Singh, no, would no, you do that no, tomorrow? I, no, nope. you'd wait. I'd wait. Wait. January. You'd mid January. Timing is mid January. When people have come back from their Christmas, they've seen their Christmas credit cards. And uh, the last thing they want to think about is another fucking <laughs> <I see> election. Done. <laughs> right, right on the money. 12 minutes. Nicely done. Carter, reflections on that one? Reflections on the Jugmeet Singh strategy? I made you do it all on the fly. Do you feel like something like that could work for him? You were in a hole. Both of you are in a hole. But do you feel like where you landed, that could actually be quite productive for him? Yeah, because he's strong. And what we, I think we've been saying for Jagmeet Singh for, for 15 fucking years, be strong, you pussy. And uh, now we're making him strong. 
the thing is, we can't take you can't take a weak man to strength. I don't know what you to can't say do it. about can't you some days. This is one of those days. Yeah, yeah. This is this is definitely one of those days. Okay, I'm gonna go to my final one. Why? Why not, Corey? Why not? Oh, sure. We're, we're doing the like, fi- we're past the hour we- mark, but that's okay. That's fine. I mean, we record that- so rarely now. We're so rarely. Live your truth, Sane. Live your truth. I'm living my truth. Well, actually, that's a good segue for me, Corey. Stephen Carter, our final strategy sprint begins with the legacy of pandemic spending. The audit report is out. Uh, they, it indicates that Trudeau's pandemic spending wasted billions. Probably doesn't surprise many that they overpaid as much as $32 billion, that there was big price tags, over $200 billion. Um, for for fiscal supports to individuals and businesses. And there now seems to be the ongoing tug of war, Stephen Carter, to define the pandemic spending era. Was it good? Was it not? In this case, Corey, I'm going to get you to begin on our goals. And you are going to play Justin Trudeau and the Liberals. You are the governing party. This is your two plus years of pandemic spending. This was in many ways in the moment considered to be a masterstroke. Um, of efficiency, how quickly your government could move, um, celebrated across the world for helping people quickly and swiftly, keeping the economy afloat. If you remember at that time, the stock market was doing great. Um, we we kind of had bounce back job growth. We're now relitigating this in a very different time. High inflation, uh, people expecting the recession to hit, uh, job losses, etc. We are at relitigating pandemic spending and perhaps Sending it, setting it off on a legacy trajectory of some sort. And Corey Hogan, you are helping helping Justin Trudeau and the Liberals. What would your goals be here if you are the governing Liberal Party on this, what I suspect is chapter one of this relitigation, or at least the beginning of the relitigation of your pandemic spending, its appropriateness, its timeliness, and of course now, the eye-popping dollar figure as well. Start with the goals, Carter. You're on deck next. Yeah, so the goal is actually to do exactly not what you suggested. It's not chapter one. Your goal is that this is not a chapter book. It's a pamphlet, and this is the end of it. Mm. You're going to try to quash it before it becomes a thing, before it runs away on you. Before it starts conversations about, okay, well, 32 billion, well, how, what parts? And let's talk about the next billion. And so you've got to find, and I sort of jump a bit into strategy and tactics here, but you've got to find ways to contextualize it. You've got to make people cast their eyes back to, yes, uh, you know, in 2020, we care about things like government being good with their spending, but we cared more about addressing the immediate crisis in front of us and, and decisions had to be made. And this was a government that wasn't afraid of making decisions. And yeah, Okay, well, with a time machine and perfect, you know, hindsight, absolutely, we would have, you know, we would have spent money in uh, different ways. Uh, but isn't that true of every government across the planet right now? We did what we needed to do. But the, anyways, the goal has to be not to make this a long story because Carter, it, it doesn't help you. Even if you're winning the story, it doesn't mm, help. You. Carter, you know, there might be some that argue that that we need to win on this legacy. This might be the most important thing we ever did. As a government, um, was the timely response almost bring people back to the emotionality of when they felt like they were getting support from their government? Timely effectiveness. Others would say Corey's strategy is correct. Corey's goal is correct that this is not about relitigating. Actually, you want to suppress that conversation. You want to shorten it as much as you can. Turn any book that needs to be written on it to a pamphlet. Carter, you can't change Corey's goal, but you can add to it. I'm curious where your head's at, though. 
It needs to be a very simple message. I mean, that's why Corey's strategy well, we're on goals, works, Carter. We're right? on goals. I like that you said we're on a simple message, but I'm going to keep you in line. I'm no, going to say... No, but this is the whole point. Like, Corey's little pamphlet idea of making... Of, of the strategy and the goal to get out of this as quickly as possible is exactly right. And this, mm. the goal is to get past this to get into the next thing. So the next thing needs to be queued up. In fact, you know, uh, Justin Trudeau should be listening to our previous segment about how to how to make healthcare the topic for 2023. But more importantly, he needs to not make the topic of 2023, 2021. So mm. how do you go back to that and, and make, you know, get through that? And the strategies that I would add to it have a simple message about a, a, a super simple message. We're going to repeat it ad nauseum and we're not going to go back and relitigate. We're going to just simply, and, and I know I'm not supposed to do the message yet, but I'm going to anyways, because I don't give a fuck for your rules, right? Um, I'd do it all again. Yeah, I wouldn't have done it at all. Yeah. You know what? My message is kind of similar. We're not sorry that we acted quickly. End of story. Mm. That's your pamphlet. Every time something like this comes up, every time the question is asked, that is the answer. I'd have done it. I I can't go back and do it again. I hope I never have to. But here's what I know. I wouldn't change anything. Wouldn't have done anything. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh I like that. I like that uh, a lot. Good for you, what, Steve. What, ta- what tactics are you implementing? Carter, what tactics are you implementing? Tactics? Yeah. Like, is this one where it's similar to your overarching strategy? Less is more? Like, tactically, are you yeah. just, are you not? proactively addressing this are you not jumping into it at all talk to me about how you think about tactics and then what a few of them might be just hope that he calls a hearing you know like try and get pierre polyev to try and dig into this every time and then all you do is every time you say the exact same line you know i i i with better information i hope i never have to go back and do it again but here's what i know i i wouldn't change anything he wouldn't have done anything. Corey, you seem very impressed by Carter, which is I, I uh, which is rare I'm and fleeting on this show. Yeah. It's rare no, and that's fleeting. Great. That's really good. That's it. And, and you know, frankly, this is an interesting sort of window into communications more generally when you talk about mm. tactics. Often when somebody hits you with something, you've got this desire. It's based on pride. It's based on ego. It's to get out there and say your side. It's to talk about it. It's to fight yes. on that turf. Of course. Not always the right move. Right. Sometimes it less is more. It's not about getting the op-ed out about how how actually that thirty-two billion was well spent. It's not about putting out the news release that's talking about how good things were. It's having a response line like that, doing the stakeholder management you think you need to do. But that's it's it. Like you limit the conversation. I wouldn't change anything. He wouldn't have done anything. I like that. Carter, does that also Ooh. does that also let you win the long-term legacy battle on the pandemic spending or do you not care about that if you're advising the prime minister if the pm says but but steven but steven this is what i i was celebrated for this they were they were cheering me on i won i won an election on the back of this this is i will be known for maybe this and child care and you're now telling me that i gotta minimize the conversation on it don't you think I need to win and solidify the legacy. If if that were to be uh, the prime minister's sort of talking point or, or even conversation with you, what would you say to him? 
you're worried about legacy right now, then step the fuck down. Boom. <laughs> Done. Well, it is fleeting, isn't it, Zane? You know? Isn't yeah, it? that's yeah. good. Uh, remind me to never be prime minister. <laughs> Carter. Uh, sorry, no one ever Corey. asks me my opinions on stuff like that. No, this is interesting. I mean, we, we, Corey, Corey, you put your hand up. You wanted to talk about this, and we do have some time on the clock, so because yeah. you guys have been so effective. Well, well, it's been like six hours we've been on this podcast. You got five minutes and 50 seconds, Corey. So this is okay. movie. I don't know if either of you guys have seen. It's called Dave. It's from 1993. Stars, Love Dave. Stars Kevin Klein. Yeah. It's really Great good. Yeah. yeah. So here's this quote when he's talking to this boxer who he's trying to get to throw a fight. And he says, the night of the fight, you might feel a slight sting. That's pride fucking with you. Fuck pride. Pride only hurts. It never helps. That would be my advice to the prime minister. You want yeah. to relay That's my favorite this. line. Yeah, me too, right? But that was the last election. This is the next election. You do not want to be spending your time relitigating COVID because the the relitigation is not likely to help you. People will only remember the price tags because that's what they're dealing with today. They dealt with the things you helped them with two years mm. ago. But what have you done with them lately? Nicely done. I'm of course, quoting Dave more. I think that yeah, people no, would respond better to my that's fucking stupid. That. A, yeah. Great yeah. multimodal movie. It's just got everything. <laughs> All at once, Carter. It's it's yeah. great. Of course, this no, segment brought, uh, this great this segment, of course, uh, brought to us by Flair Airlines. Flair Airlines, fuck no. pride. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to our <laughs> let's move on to our final segment. Our final segment are over <laughs> under in our lightning round. Uh, I'll let you guys catch your breath. Uh, nicely done on the strategy sprint. I had several more. Uh, we could have made this a, a four hour yeah, episode. Sprinting, Zane. Well, I yeah. put pause on that. I, I wanted to give you two flabby white dudes some time <laughs> off the clock uh, as needed. Uh, I know your stamina yeah, isn't as good fair. as mine. Okay. Uh, so I thought I'd give you some, some breaks, hey. some meandering conversations. Stephen Carter, overrated or underrated? I will start with you. We do this for you. By election records. Oh. Justin Trudeau is going to get added uh, one to the W column all, for all intents and purposes. It seems like this evening with Mississauga Lakeshore. Uh, recouping that seat but overall by-election records as it relates to a leader's record in by-election is that marker overrated or underrated in your mind carter overrated significantly overrated you you can win by-elections if you hold all your seats good for you if you lose all your seats doesn't really matter as long as you hold your government and um by-elections you know governments aren't lost in a by-election for them to mean something when more often than not they don't mean very much at all so i think they're overrated i mean i I like watching them uh you know eric grenier can do two or three four hour live shows on them uh five six people watched it um you know good for eric i'm his audio you muted you muted yourself yourself. you're like jesus christ you i don't know Carter. Did we mention we hired him as a producer a little ago? Eric? <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's your bedtime. Uh, Corey, <laughs> by election. Like it's really late. By election records for leaders overrated or underrated? Corey Hogan. Uh, un- I mean, overrated. For sure, overrated. The thing is, it looks like right now you're going to have a situation where perhaps the conservatives did worse than they did in 2020. That, that mm-hmm. looks quite mm-hmm. possible at this point. Turnout's pretty low. Neither of those facts looks particularly good for Pierre Poilievre, right? You, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of antipathy or rage or motivation by voters. That doesn't necessarily suggest a government that's about to be voted out. And obviously, if the result holds or comes close to holding, right now, I think the Liberals are up by 15 points. 
instead of, I think, five or six that they won by last time. Well, that yeah. would be very good for Pierre Poyev. But we all could think of a thousand counterexamples. I, I think about those by-elections that were held in 2014 before the 2015 election here in Alberta, provincially. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the, uh, the PCs won all of them. And then yeah. they lost their 40-year dynasty the next year. Like it, it doesn't mean a lot, especially this far out from an election. I do think in general, because people are used to governments being dinged in by-elections, uh, that in some ways the risk is more on the opposition side. Like when you deeply underperform as an opposition leader, that can quite mm. often mm-hmm. um, lead to a bunch of murmurs and whispers and conversations in the caucuses. And again, I'll use that 2014 by-election in Alberta. Wild Rose wasn't super happy with their result. It wasn't that much later after that that Danielle Smith crossed the floor to the government. Uh, you know, in her kind of second act of politics, her first being the school board unceremoniously dropped from by the minister. So, uh, you know, like they they can create murmurs when you underperform as an opposition. I think governments are a lot better at brushing them off and saying no big deal. Corey, in or out uh, on this next question, we're going to stick with these by-elections because there was an interesting wrinkle or activist element to this by-election in Mississauga where where activists loaded up the ballot with about 40 candidates, independent candidates, to kind of fuck with Trudeau and the liberals uh, for breaking their promise on electoral reform. So they're, they're not successful. The liberals have won this seat. But are you in or out on this strategy as using the ballot, using the actual election as a mechanism for, for activism and advocacy to, to make a point? They got the headlines. They got the pre-sort of election sort of uh, conversation going in certain circles. Are you in or out on this strategy? Give me your take. Uh, well, I'm out because what was the point they were trying to make? They, it didn't didn't fucking work. There's like 35 independents, and I think combined they'll get one percent of the vote here. And this is a race that was not within one percent. It looks like it's going to be fifteen percent, ten to fifteen percent. We'll say if things tighten up here. So, a, you have to be careful with tactics like this. Like interesting gimmicks, interesting to get the media. But ultimately, mm-hmm. it's a pretty good case study for voters are not that confused, and they're actually pretty good at voting strategically about the the, the options that seem to have a chance at the end of the day. Like, no, this this did not drown out the liberals in any way, shape, or form. If anything, I would guess it split the NDP vote. Right, Carter. They they try to fuck with the liberals by throwing forty or so candidates uh, as a, a a attention grabber, a, a underlining of Trudeau's broken promises on electoral reform. Are you in or out on the strategy? We now know the outcome. So a little bit easier to play, you know, Monday evening quarterback, but are you in or out on, on using the ballot as a form of activism? I'm in on the strategy. And the reason I'm in on the strategy, Zane, is that I think that electoral reform activists are amongst the stupidest people on the fucking planet. So, you know, absolutely decimated through their tactic like this makes me very happy. So I think they should do more things like this where 30 or 40 of them, and I think there are only 30 or 40 of them in every riding. I noted that there were barely, like uh, some of those activists didn't even seem to get votes from themselves. Uh, This is a tragic decision, really bad idea, and uh, it does nothing to promote their agenda. So obviously I'm in on it. Wow. Look at this. Carter seems to be on a, on a runner's high here after a, I feel like this is this swagger only happens after what? you land a message like I would have changed nothing and he would have done have nothing. Have you not listened yeah. to me in the podcast? I take <laughs> No, I don't. Positions. I don't. 
Corey, you want to respond to this? I've got like 50 other questions. Go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Here's the other problem when you're saying, oh, it would have been good if we had proportional representation. It's possible. I won't even say likely yet, but the the liberals currently sitting at 51.2% of the vote. They're going to get a majority of the vote. Like that's a totally irrelevant like point. You you should have run this tactic in a riding where the person wins with 25% of the vote. This is the wrong riding to run that. This was just getting greedy and saying there's a by-election coming and we're going to do that. But this is historically a two-way race. Find one that's a three-way race or a four-way race. Make your point there if you want to talk about the risks of vote splitting. That would have caused everybody to have anxiety. Not here. Not here. That doesn't make any sense. Carter, are you in or out? Kristen Sinema becoming an independent senator in the state of Arizona. In or out? I'm out because it makes her chances of staying a senator higher. Correct. Her in not or out on her moving to an, 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 an independent position, still caucusing with the Democrats, but but becoming an independent senator well, from the state of Arizona. I've always been a fan of truth in labeling laws, so I'm just fine with it. It's not like she was much of a Democrat to begin with. Whoa, nice or, point. From your perspective... Are you in or out on Jagmeet Singh once again threatening to withdraw his support in the Liberal NDP coalition? This time on healthcare, we discussed it. After you guys developed a strategy on it, are you in or out on what he did, um, which then kind of let us move forward uh, and, and not necessarily relitigate what he did? But are you in or out on what he did to begin with? If you'd asked me before that session, I would have said out. But I think I'm in. I think he could make this work for him. Carter, are you in or out on Jagmeet Singh? Uh, and his uh, his threat again to withdraw support. No, I mean, Corey's exactly right. He could make this work for him, but uh, he's Jagmeet Singh, so he won't make this work for him, so I am out. Carter, your your final piece of advice uh, as we as we finish off this episode to op- opposing parties in Alberta here as it relates to the Sovereignty Act. It is now passed, you know, barring royal assent and such. We've talked about Daniel Smith's strategy. What would you advise to to those that, uh, whether it be third party groups, whether it be opposing political parties, as they talk about the Sovereignty Act here in Alberta? Well, I would talk about being Canadian, what it, what it means to be Canadian, what it means to, um, you know, to to benefit from the from the entire confederation. Um, that's what I would talk about, because that's what I think we care about. And we don't want to we don't want this to be a slippery slope to to. Uh, to separation. Koi, what would you talk about now that the Sovereignty Act is officially passed? Are you are you moving on to other topics? Or are you still keeping this and volleying it alive? What will your general advice and then your more specific advice as we round out the episode? I, I am so fatigued by the Sovereignty Act. I'm so fatigued by the discussion around it. It just kind of is depressing. At this point, I just want somebody... I, I hate this limbo we're in. I f- hope that there's a way that we can pull it to the courts quickly. And I have no more opinions left to give on this particular piece of legislation. Although, hey, Carter, we should uh, we should definitely stick around after Zane leaves to talk about what his mother-in-law should do. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Don't know what you're talking about. You know what, though? Let's not record it unless it's for the patrons. Oh, that's good. That's good. At, at the one hour, 40 minute mark, yeah, you're making those a, the more. most compelling point you've made all episode on, on selling Patreon subscriptions. <laughs> Nicely done, Carter. We're going to leave it there. That's a wrap on episode 1020 of The Strategist. My name is Zane Velji. With me, as always, whenever he can, Stephen Carter, Corey Hogan, and we'll see you next time. 